A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We're rolling, are we? I believe we are, Tim. Oh, Let's get into this then. We've got a groggy Phil on his birthday. I think the first thing we should do is acknowledge Philip's birthday. Happy birthday, Pip. Uh, my special day, Tim. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, special Thank day. You. Happy birthday, Phil. I've Happy had a birthday. dreadful special day. Uh, coming back up from London <laughs> uh, on the train with a load of Man United fans, had to stand up for three hours. The train was delayed. It was hot. Uh, yeah, but there must have been some great footy chat. Oh, yeah. Footy, we love footy, footy chat. chat. <laughs> footy! But, In fact... Oh, God. But that was all because I was down at the London Seven with Canterbury, which was amazing, which was wonderful. So okay. Beautiful way to spend your birthday it. weekend. Yeah. Well, we could, if you want, if you could just... We could flip this and do the egg chasers... Well, the the... I don't know what's round and not an egg shape. Well, whatever. The football podcast, if you want, Phil, just in <laughs> honour of your journey back. Or, or we could just go hands in and egg chasers, rugby podcast, pod on three. One, two, three. Pod. Thank you very, very much for listening right now. We really appreciate it. We thank you very much for making us the most popular rugby podcast in the United Kingdom. The Fact. world. The world. Well, yeah, it could well be the world. but I we, think it is the world. We don't have the accurate empirical data to back that up. <laughs> Apparently, some friends of ours across the pond in America told us that there's a load of ratings and a load of comments and stuff that we don't get to see because we're in the UK that people have been leaving. So who knows? Indeed, who we, knows? We have no data or no, no anything. Anyway, uh, thank you very much for listening. Appreciate it. Um, thank you for subscribing. Thank you if you've left a message on iTunes. That's all we ask. If you enjoy the podcast, just take a moment of your time to uh, leave a little message on iTunes. There's been some really good ones, actually, boys, um, that I've got to share with you. Oh, I've just lost the page all of a sudden. Here we go. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Elhod10. I have a love-hate relationship with this podcast. I sort of went, oh dear, what's going no. on here? I love it when it's on. I hate it when it's not. lads. And, oh God, I've lost my phone. I've lost it. Um, oh yes. Manlier than Los Hoat. Oh, what? Los Haguares? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, manlier than Los Haguares performing the Exeter, Exeter cock tap. Ooh, that is my Says way. Aiden ah, DW. Uh, so iTunes, leave us a review and thank Ooh, you very much. Me and Phil went down to another Canterbury event on. Um, yeah, come on, boys. It's easy on the Canterbury stuff. <laughs> you go? On Wednesday, right, we did the uh, pro fan workout type thing. Yeah. And on the way back, me and Phil met a real housewife of Cheshire. Why are you doing? <laughs> because off the telly, off the, off the telly, telly. Right? and her th- thing was she wanted to launch a brand of perfume. <laughs> now, if I was launching perfume, I would know everything there is to know about launching perfume and how it's made and the rest of it. 
and uh, she was convinced it's, it's going to be a massive success. And jokingly, we said, "Oh yeah, we do something in something in rugby, and we're thinking of launching like a rugby musk." And she was all for it. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what we did. We're going to launch last Ho- last. Los Jaguares. Jaguares Musk. Well, that would, be, Musk. that would be the logical extension. Once you've got your cornerstone razor and you're freshly <laughs> shaved, they'd be putting on some Los Jaguares Musk. It's, it's not that dissimilar to um, Sex Panther, is it, really? In, in <laughs> <laughs> sex Jaguar. <laughs> sex Jaguar. That's what it could be called. <laughs> yeah. something there. Oh, there's so much to talk about on this episode. Uh, you can find us at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, by the way. We have got the England squad that's just been announced a couple of hours ago as we sit here now and record we've had a weekend of sevens rugby we've had the semi-final playoffs in the Pro 12 and in the Aviva Premiership and there's all sorts of other stuff going on as well so um, how about we start with the freshest news we've got and that is Eddie Jones's England squad for Australia go for it there's a, a few names in there well I think there's, there's probably one, name, one, one name in there that <laughs> I think very very few people would have predicted Ellis Genge who, yeah, who came on as a replacement for Leicester is on loan from Bristol. Yeah, young prop. Yeah, who can seemingly cover both sides of the scrum because I know he's played tight head for under twenties um, and he came on as a loose head on Saturday. So that's that's quite interesting. Does it feel a little bit like when Theo Walcott got taken to the World Cup, having not like, well, barely played a Premiership <laughs> game? Well, that was exactly my thought when Paul Hill was announced in the Six Nations squad. <laughs> yeah. And now we've got someone else who's in, in exactly the same well, position. It goes back to what I always say, that opportunity is almost as important as as talent. And I think, you know, if, if he's good enough and they see something in him and they, you know, blood him early, it should be great. But the, the, it was very good for Paul Hill. Well, well, the, the whole Paul Hill situation is interesting because Paul Hill has been uh, on the bench for Northampton this season behind Kieran Brooks. And Kieran Brooks has been almost inexplicably dropped from the squad. Yeah, I, this this is the element I don't understand. Where's where's my big silverback, Kieran yeah. Brooks? And I was thinking, you know, is he injured? So no, I went back and checked the match reports from uh, Northampton's last game against Gloucester. He played 61 minutes. He forced off uh, McAllister, the Gloucester prop, after 23 minutes yeah. because McAllister. he was dominating it. It is Paddy, Paddy yeah, Mc- the- Did you just hear what Phil said? He was dominating the, the Gloucester prop so much that the Gloucester made a substitution, a replacement 20- after 23 well, minutes. Tactical, yeah. well, not injury. I'm going yeah. with this because apparently Paddy McAllister is a very good scrimmaging mm. prop. In fact, he's their best scrimmaging prop. Yeah. Now, for Gloucester, what does that actually mean? I'm not sure. <laughs> but this is not the first time I've seen Paddy McAllister go off as a tactical substitute. I think he got a yellow card. In another game and had to go, but not, but what you're saying is basically Kieran Brooks, for all intents and purposes, you don't you, you don't look at him and think, oh, he's not been doing what he needs to do. No, no. Well, I don't. When I see Kieran Brooks, I think I'm in exactly the same camp as you, which is, I like him. I think he's a good player. There's no immediate downside when I watch him play. But I was talking to a guy who does uh, BBC Leicester, um, and he's, he's like one of the fans. They do this fan forum thing about uh, Leicester Tigers so a Leicester, a Leicester guy talking about a uh, Northampton prop yeah carry on well, and, and a former Leicester prop a former Leicester prop of yeah, course. yeah of course and I was saying that I don't really rate Balmain and then he went on this tirade about how Balmain is so much better than Kieran Brooks uh, both I've... in the loose and scrimmaging oh, right, yeah. so no, like... not, not one eyed at all that come well, on you know there must be some knock on his game or surely Leicester would have kept him and they sure... And if they hadn't have kept him he wouldn't have found himself in Newcastle yeah. Well, that's all I'd say. It, it's, it, it is interesting that Leicester let him go. It does look like a bit of a bad decision, but perhaps there is some fundamental uh, element to his game that we're not 
seeing that Eddie Jones mm. has picked up. Anyway, but, well, good luck, Ellis Genge. It's came, yeah. come, come out of left field completely. Um, from JB's perspective, another one coming completely out of left field, almost a laughable selection, is that of Benteo in the centre. Well, let's, let's, we... let's rewind the clock. And uh, when I first suggested, I'd like to see, I think Benteo could be, could be an England centre. There's no way you've seen enough Benteo say, that is the guy for England. There's no <laughs> way. You must have heard it somewhere. He's been playing for Leicester, Leicester. He's been when playing well for Leicester. Leicester. When they play Treviso or when they play Ziva? <laughs> <laughs> the stuff the, the stuff I've seen, I think he, he, he instantly struck me as being, it being a very different case from Sam Burgess because I, I thought this guy... Well, he's a centre for start, isn't he? Yeah, he's well, playing in the, the big position. Difference. Well, he started as a forward in rugby league, and then yeah, that means the, nothing. Yeah, and then played, yeah, and then right played centre. But he, yeah, he looks like a he looks like he can make a natural transition. Was my initial response. And well, that's talking of natural transition. Talk, uh, and talking of Ben Taylor, why don't we talk about Leinster Ulster? Well, just can we not focus more a bit more on the England squad because well, there's still a few. Uh, a few. Well, okay, I'll say this about about Ben Taylor because I wanted to relate his game. On Friday to Tim Zartis, I, I think he's a good player. I think he's reasonable. Um, he's very powerful. Uh, he's very quick. I don't think anyone can deny that. His passing concerns me a bit, and I'm not saying he can't pass. I'm saying he's the kind of guy that if I said let's go for a walk, he would decide to do it on his hands. Everything seems to be far more complex than it needs to be. All the time, it's looking for the offload. Uh, all the time, he just looks like no. he's he's overcomplicating everything. I, I think it's the other way around. I think he simplifies things because he doesn't have a, a particularly good passing game. He doesn't have a rangey passing game. He doesn't have a good kicking game, from what I've seen. He is very direct. He is He'll very crash direct, it yeah. up and he will look for the offload. Which... But the offload, I mean, like there was a passage of play in the Ulster Leinster game, and we'll get get off that and get back on the England squad now. But <laughs> um, all he needs to do is basically. Uh, put it through the hands and, and they're in the corner. Instead, he tries to magic wand it round the back of someone's head. Yeah. So that, that, that'd be my but, only... Well, you can you can try and call foul, JB, and say that some, somehow I've been tipped off that Eddie Jones was whatever. Or if, if that makes you feel better about being so You've wrong about Neil Ben Teo, that's fine. A Neil Fissler-style contact somewhere. <laughs> if, if, that, if that makes you feel better about but, being so wrong on Ben Teo, then fair cr- enough. Credit, where's credit? Yeah, credit where credit is due. I was I was laughing as well because from what I've seen, uh, certainly at that stage, I didn't think that Benteo was what I would want in the England squad. But he's in there. It'll be, it will be, be, we'll be interested to see if he does make that transition. Yeah, yeah, and it'll be genuinely interesting to see whether he does play, particularly given that uh, Tuilagi's injured. Yeah. So he, Jones was obviously delighted to have Tuilagi back. He can go for a ball carrying uh, twelve, a direct twelve. Will he? go for a like-for-like replacement mm. or will he revert back to George Ford and Farrell or the other option would be Henry Slade Henry slipping Slade. into 12. Well, the word is that uh, Big Luth will be the replacement on the touring party. Well, Big Luth is named in the squad for the Wales for game, the Wales game next yeah. week. Yes. Oh, what a waste of time that is, by the way. Is it next weekend, <laughs> the Wales game? Yeah. yeah. So you've got Premiership final and then the next day... Yeah. Oh, that's awful. It's all right. It's a terrible idea. It, it just... It really devalues the England Wales game, as far as I'm concerned. I can see, I can see that. I mean, you've got no Saracens players in there. Uh, you're going to have no Exeter players in in there, and none of the Welsh teams have qualified for the Pro 12 final. Let, it just isn't a good idea. I hate it. Let, let's. Uh... <laughs> Another thing you'll hate equal, with equal passion, I'm sure, and let's quickly rattle through you know, who we would like to have seen in that isn't in and who, we, who is in that we haven't seen. I bet you're equally upset Dave Ewers has missed the it playing again. doesn't seem particularly fair, judging by how well he's playing, 
but they must have a plan and they've stuck with that stuck with that plan would it be would you rather have you as than, than hask yeah probably Wow. wow! Yeah, probably. Wow! Well, are you sure? Well, well I, I only say wow because because of like yeah because you you, you, love, you love you Hask. love the Hask. Ever since Hask took up DJing, I can't say <laughs> <laughs> uh, it depends what you want him to do. I mean, if you want you was to be a seven, well, clearly he's not going to be be a seven, and Haskell will, will continue in the seven shirt. If you want an out and out six, uh, I don't think it's a case of Hask or you as I think it's a case of case of Ewers or Robshaw and I think Robshaw's nailed on mm. well uh, just just departing from Haskell DJing which we featured on the last podcast oosh, oosh, uh, oosh, oosh. this time he's in the car with Chloe and a mate of his uh, Travis Allant and he's uh, he's singing along to someone who he says is amazing oh, just shut your fucking mouth but play the music what look at him, he's singing along with that. <laughs> he's singing along and lip syncing with Bieber. I'm not entirely sure Chloe knows the words either, because she tries to join in and then she goes, oh no. No, she's the one she's laughing at them. He's really giving it some Haskell is. Oh. oh god, it's quite Yeah, I'm gonna turn that off now. Yeah, please. Let's get rid yeah. of that. I think it's below us, quite rightly. Just in the back row, um, or remaining in the back row for a little little bit, uh, I'm very pleased to see Tamana Harrison in there. Yeah. He's, that has, been, that, he's been, been playing well. And he's kind he, of with Tamana Harrison, but as Northampton haven't really been contenders for top four, well, not recently at least, tell me a bit about Tamana Harrison, what to expect from him. Well, so he's a New Zealand boy, went to the yep. same uh, high school as um, Dylan Hartley. But he's got an English, either father or mother. Yeah, what so a parent, he, English parent yeah, of one description. He qualifies directly. Um, he's been kind of normally probably a seven would, yeah. he, would he be his preferred position, but he has been covering eight quite a lot this season. And just can play six. He's Yeah, he could cover all three back row positions. I think um, I think Jones will see him more as a seven. But he's kind right? of he's kind of a bit of an all-round player. He's yeah. a good ball carrier. I he's defensively he good. No, he's been playing eight, but he's not not naturally. He's an not. Eight. He's not huge. He's no. he's very athletic. Good good engine. Good work rate. You kind yeah. of go. He ticks a lot of boxes. T- ticks a lot of boxes. If if you wanted to have someone on your bench, Clifford or him, it's kind of like yeah, you know what? Mm. They're really really good player off off the bench. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Clifford's a strange one because he doesn't again doesn't seem to fit into any particular mold. No, he's uh, six. He's a bit small yeah. for six. Not big, big enough for an eight. Well, we're used to Too that. As, as, we're used to Englishmen not quite fitting mm. into one back row position. <laughs> six and a half. Six and a half. A few more six and a halves. Some people were wondering whether Sam Underhill might make the trip. Eddie Jones says he definitely he's, he's not taking him now, but he says hopefully he'll be available by November, which meet which is a suggestion that Sam Underhill is coming ah, to play in the Aviva Premiership. That is a suggestion. That is um, interesting. I don't like this one bit because if Sam Underhill is not good enough to travel, that's one thing. But in terms of exceptional circumstances, I think it is relatively exceptional that he's gone to Ospreys in order to pursue an academic career and now can't play for England. I think they should actually invoke the exceptional circumstances clause for this lad, if he's good enough. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's if he's good enough. It seems very, very unfair. Well, as, as, it's, it's only a short career, and I'd say that it's very important that you first get your education, if that's what you want to do. Uh, and then go and play rugby. Well, by the sounds of it, from the implication from what Eddie Jones has said is he will be playing in the Viva Premiership next season. Yeah, um, that's, that is interesting. Why do I have a feeling he's going to go to Gloucester? Does anyone else get that feeling? Gloucester or Bristol just seem right. 
Well, geographically, he, he was uh, at Gloucester bef- just, before the transition yeah, as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it just feels like a very Gloucester move. But he's still only 19. Yeah. There's a huge amount of time. There's a huge wealth of talent within that English back row, albeit yeah. um, arguably still struggling for a, a, a true open side. Yeah, so, but tell you what, this boy's some player. He, I mean, he's a good He's a great player, but there's loads of time. I, I just say, don't. What is the point in rushing it? Yeah, Wales should try everything they can now to keep him in Wales for three years. I don't think it's. Gonna, well, I, I really don't think it's going to happen. Even if he qualifies on residency, it doesn't necessarily mean that he wants to play. He has well, openly come out and said, look, if if he was going to get international caps, he would want it to be England. Well, he might say that, but Gatland's very persuasive. <laughs> very <laughs> persuasive. And actually, I think if he, if that was his. Absolute hundred percent nailed on intention. Ospreys would let him go. All right, just the way, the same way that Ben Morgan went. Different talking point, and it's maybe opened up the spot for Sinclair or Genge or whatever. But Marla taking the summer off, um, it, you know, for well, we haven't, we don't know the ins and outs of why, but it could be his psychologist who he's working with. That's could why just I understand be, it is. Could just be burnout, and he's he just understood. It's quite a mature decision to take the summer off. I've heard he's going to spend it caravanning. Right? <laughs> is that actually what is you that, heard? Is that a euphemism? Of course it is. And no, it's a Tim allergy. <laughs> no, it was uh, uh, it was meant to be a joke, but it clearly went over your head. So <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to explain. I don't want to sorry. deconstruct the joke. Sorry, sorry, Tim. Oh, we we missed that. If, if you've <laughs> got the joke Tim. and you're listening and laughing along, thank you very much. I got I got nothing out of these two. Um, Marla situation to me feels like he's so, <laughs> he's been seeking professional help. Because he's done two things which aren't particularly bad. I mean, the, you know, the gypsy comment and then the kicking someone in the head. I'd say the kicking someone in the head is far more serious than the gypsy comment. But because of this, we've got these sequential events which end up with him in therapy. And it kind of feels like, do you know when someone tells you enough times that you're really angry and you need to seek help? And eventually you go, yeah, okay, I'm angry and I need to seek, seek help. And then this is the accumulation of all that nonsense. And now he said, I'm going to have the tour off. That's how it feels to me. Well, yeah, I can kind of see that. Um, I think it might actually be a good thing. Uh, we we do we speak about pro- player burnout for lots of different reasons, hmm. mainly the physical side, but I'm sure there is an, a mental element to it as well. So I think it's probably a good thing. Yeah, I have no problem with him resting his body for yeah know, twelve months. It, it makes a lot of sense to me. Well, not even twelve months, three four Provi- months. Providing good. that's what it is. Providing it isn't some yeah. nonsense from some yeah. psychologist. Just yeah. before we leave the England squad, one person that you think should be in that isn't for me it's you is um, I'd probably say um, I'd like to see a third nine in there and it would either be based on form this season you could have had either of the nines from uh, the Exeter Wasps game and Chudley, Chud- Chudley, Chudley and Robson, Robson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah who would I like to see in oh and, and Kieran Brooks oh yeah Kieran Brooks is the obvious one uh Hmm. No, I'm pretty happy with the squad as it is. The, answer. the one kind of, or the, the headlines were all about Ashton not making it. Mm. Um, and I, going forward, he's brilliant. He's got two tries uh, this weekend. He's absolutely superb, albeit he is in the best team in the league. Um, it's just the, def- the question marks over his defence and his positioning. So mm. I can see why he's not I in have But maybe- a lot, no, sorry, sorry, to try, just because it's on the wingers. Lots and lots of people have been, from what I've sort of canvassed and seen online and stuff, a lot of the talk is how is Marlon Yard in, but Rocco Dunguni yeah. on form not in. Yeah, oh, I definitely I can- have. Um, I definitely have Ashton over Yard. And you say two things. 
defence, well, he plays for Saracens. I mean, whether they hide him or something, I don't know. But the more important one for me is his positioning. Because his position is absolutely fine. Alex Good is probably the best footballing 15 in the entire league. And I think some of that comes down to the excellent support that he gets from Ashton. Because he's always around. Him and Wiles are continually buzzing around supporting him. And Ashton also brought out the best in Foden. Who I think has been a shell of himself since Ashton left. Because they worked very well together. Okay, mm. Inter- interesting. Uh, let us know what you think. At Rugby Podcast, what's your reaction to Eddie Jones's squad? Uh, th- the obvious thing that everyone suddenly started going to was was bleating about Cipriani and stuff. But I'm I'm quite happy with um with everyone else generally yeah. speaking. Uh, Thomas, has yeah. Gopeth got any All Black caps? I don't think so. No, has he not? No, he lived in the time of Dan Carter, Dean Carter, and when Nick Evans was still over there. Probably. Would, uh, would you ever consider if he no. qualified no. on residency? No. Really? No, no, no. I don't. I, I don't want this bastardization of nationalities. It, I'm, I'm excited from a from a, but a very right, selfish yeah. point of view. But I'm quite unhappy <laughs> about Nathan Hughes um, getting residency and being an England international. About, I'm, how, I don't how, like how it. Tulangi? I don't like it. Too long. He has been over here since he was 13. To be fair. Mm. Yeah, he's played. He's he's grown up playing rugby in England. It's still, yeah. still, still. I would prefer, if I'm if I'm being brutally honest, I would prefer him to have been playing rugby for Samoa. Um, his his bank manager would not prefer him. To no, no, and this this is it. And neither would his neither would Global Bro Sports. No, yeah. like, Global, Global Bro Sports. Global the agency got to get paid. <laughs> they got to get paid. <laughs> hey, this agency isn't free, you know. These if you missed if you've missed it, that's that's a reference to an earlier podcast when we talked about the fact that Manu Tuolagi's elder brother, which one is it, Henry? Uh, Freddie, 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 Freddie Tuolagi is is the agent for all of the currently still playing Tuolagi boys and, and other players. His name's a Money Tuolagi, and, and, and the business is called glo- the agency is called Global Bro Sports. <laughs> we need to make a trailer for Global Bro Sports uh, and, and put it on the internet somewhere. Prestige worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, anyway, Manu is he? Oh, is he? He's properly crocked, isn't he? Uh, Another not, six weeks out now. Well, we don't know I've how long. I've seen the official, but yeah, the the another torn that, hamstring. It's a bad, bad hamstring tear. So yeah, he could well miss the entire tour. I st- my theory is still that those quads are so powerful <laughs> that they just rip his hamstring Everything off the else, bone. His every groin time. was being ripped off the bone. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> It's a right mess. Anyway, um, anyway, well, what do you want to go on to? Do you want to talk about briefly about the uh, Leinster Ulster game? Because I know we mentioned that yeah, already. Or do you want to do something else? Let's talk about that because we'll do them chronologically. Yeah. And the reason I say briefly is because it was a uh, not the right, not the correct result for for me. Well, what did you frustrating? Th- what did you think think of the game? So, um, I thought Leinster deserved to win. I thought their yeah, defence was absolutely superb. Yeah, it was good. Sexton. Um, Sexton was brilliant by not doing very much. His kicking and his the way he controlled the game was excellent. Their set piece was better. So Leinster deserved to win. From my point of view, it was frustration frustrating because Ulster's backline was super sorry, is potentially superb, but kept on making like basic errors yeah. and basic turnovers after having multiple good phases and they get close to the line and they just turn it over. But that's and what good teams do defensively. They kind of step a, it up, don't they? The pressure, yeah. there was There was an element, there were similarities between what Leinster did to Ulster and what Saracens did to uh, Leicester. Leicester. Yeah, the, the, suddenly that. these slick backs 
were throwing the ball behind where they shouldn't, and they were spilling the ball. It was, and I think there is an element of that. Uh, Gavin Doyle on Twitter at Rugby Podcast got in touch and said, "If and a topical Game of Thrones reference, if Winterfell was half as strong a fortress as the RDS, the Starks <laughs> would still be sitting pretty there." <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> I don't think that's much of a spoiler, unless you've only no, seen... No, it's not a spoiler. It's f- not a spoiler. Unless you're on the first season. Well, I mean, if you look back back at the game, one thing which strikes me is how fast Leinster started. Um, yeah. Uh, they, Both halves as well. Yeah. They, Both halves, they came, they came flying out. out of the blocks. Uh, 60 tackles in the first 15, 15 minutes for Ulster. That, fracked. Yeah, fracked. Yeah. Well, they, uh, they'd had one carry after about 15 minutes. It was ridiculous. Now, I, I would say this about Ulster, though. Uh, when they finally got the ball, I thought McCluskey was awesome. Yeah. McCluskey was awesome, Marsh was awesome, and Henderson all played like absolute heroes. Henderson for... was so good. Yeah. Henderson was brilliant. And Gilroy was good as well, albeit he can be... He's a good finisher. Uh, got he Took his two tries very well but he can be a little bit flaky and can go for that kind of... He always goes for the spin into contact and it can... He leave, loves it, it, doesn't he? He, he can, loves it. If someone's expecting it, it can end badly for him and he'll, he'll try an offload as well. It doesn't always work. Uh, uh, the other thing as well, which I noticed is, like, the Ulster... Be- sorry, this Leinster bench was so strong. I think that's probably what killed him. When the Leinster bench came, came on... Um, they just got more and more powerful. When the Ulster bench came on, they've got international replace international calibre replacements. The problem is they're replacing their only international calibre players. So like <laughs> Olding came on and who and who's the other boy? Uh, Darren Cave yeah. in, in the centres. Where you had possibly your two best players, which yeah. are McCluskey and Marshall. Yeah. I, I don't know why McCluskey doesn't start for Ireland. Uh, I mean I've well, seen him in depth of one game, but I think he's brilliant. I was having an interesting conversation uh yesterday at the Sevens uh with an, an Irish fan. Um, who writes for the Daily Mail? And okay, he, he's he was saying that because they oh, well, if you yeah, t- just tell him, come on, he can do better than that. <laughs> come on, aim they're, higher than that. Their uh, <laughs> their rugby content is better than their uh, <laughs> yeah, celebrity yeah, yeah. gossip and some of their other stuff. Anyway, he was saying that um, the the kind of expectation is because they're touring South Africa and they're worried about the big some of the big South African ball carriers. They're expecting to start Henshaw and McCloskey in the centre and put ja- and put Jaron Paid to 15. Is that right? Wow. Yeah. So that, that's, I, I think that's probably their best squad. I think, I think that's their best. Talking in best, game, keeping the, the Game of Thrones three. references going. That, that is like putting the wall in, <laughs> in the centres. The, the wall? Yeah. Is it? Or the mountain? No, just, just the, the whole, the whole, the whole the wall. wall. <laughs> the wall. <laughs> 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 uh, shall we go over uh, shall we cross the narrow sea then and talk about uh, <laughs> Saracen's Tigers <laughs> uh, yeah there's not much to say about this other than ultimate domination and in, in, t- in terms of uh, Game of Thrones you know Lens- uh, Leicester would be like the the Lannisters they've been, they've been in, in power for a while but um, under threat Massive, yeah. Massively under threat for their dynasty being completely overthrown by uh, these young upstarts from Saracens. Obviously, defending champions, but they're looking like they could create something of a dynasty at good the minute. Good God! Uh, I mean, it was brutal. Leicester are a good attacking team, uh, and my de- my thought was, if Leicester score early, Saracens are going to really struggle to keep up with them, and they nearly did score early. Uh, well, it except- disallowed try. Yeah, yeah, which was the correct correct decision. It was the correct correct decision. Yes. Um, 
but they just handled it brilliantly. They handled it brilliantly. They got didn't just get back into the game. They absolutely hammered Leicester. Just it, 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 interesting it was, thing. It it was the correct decision, but it, it raised it, and there's nothing we need to go into too much depth on. But it's just quite interesting sometimes how when if you call for one thing to be checked, but you spot something else in looking at it. Obviously, it's fair. It's all fair and good. But actually, all that referee JP Doyle was checking, he said, "Can you check if that was a knock, knock on, on or not?" Yeah, I just rip. wanted to check yeah. if it was a knock on. He was right there. He had a perfectly good view. He he he, he didn't give it as a knock on, but he just wanted to check. And it was only then, when he saw the replay, that he went, "Oh, it wasn't a knock on, but he played it on the floor." So yeah. fine, it was the right decision, but it's it was um. Had had he been convinced, it wasn't anyway. Yeah. I, I, I've got a some, mute uh, point. Really, I've got some. Officiating rule changes, right? Which you may or may not agree with. So, uh, yes, JB, uh, uh, Tim here. I'm I'm waiting for your suggestion. So, number one is any penalty conceded in your fight in when you're defending the, the, the five meter zone is an automatic yellow card because too many teams are just cynical there. If you're if you commit if you're off your feet at Iraq or if, if you're spoiling the ball in uh, in five meter yard yellow card. I can't, but th- this on. I would suggest this is uh, even more evidence for a complete like someone has stolen the JB that we know. <laughs> I just don't... you now now you just want to have cards dished out yeah. irrelevant of context, just, just fris- where they are and, on the pitch. And, and you don't hold them up in the air. You frisbee them towards the player. <laughs> Go on, Get out of here. ninja star. Yeah. <laughs> Second of all, you can only use the TMO to come back if you suspect foul play. If foul play has occurred, you may deal with it. If not, regardless of what the situation is, you can't call it. So even like forward passes or that kind of thing, or checking up uh, yeah. onside for a kick through. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I'll tell you how you, we get around this. Okay. If you notice, a lot of the referees are talking to the TMO during open play. So please, can you check if that was a knock-on? Yeah. Now, the TMO can, can say to the referee, that was a knock-on. And then he has to pull it back. Because in the Connacht game, there were two fantastic tries disallowed. Which yeah. in years gone by would have definitely, definitely yeah. counted. So if they can do it, if they can relay the information within that passage of play, great, pull it back. If it's foul play, you can use a screen, and if you commit a penalty within the five meter line, automatic yellow card. Yeah, but okay. it can take. But some some of them, like like the forward pass, uh, which I think it was absolutely fair and proper. The commentators seem to think it was a forward pass the, for, for the Leicester try at the start of the second half. Yeah. Um, I thought that was fine. It was the momentum rule. I but, thought it was momentum as well. But. Um, but it, it can be touch and go, so it could take a TMO ages to decide that. So to just leave the game running and then... Well, if it takes ages to decide it, let it go. Yeah, I mean, so you're it's... saying give the be- if it takes ages, give yeah. the benefit, benefit, of, the benefit of, the of the doubt goes oh, to right, the attacking okay. team. I don't actually mind that. No. I think that's maybe a, a I'm not majorly against that. It meant we would have got a try at the start of that game for, for Manu exactly. Terlangi, which uh, yeah. would have been all right. Um, um, but I don't think it would have changed the result because that was a no. just ridiculously dominant performance. by nil at half-time. I don't really know where to start with it either. They were, they were just awesome. But it, it was... They were so impressive in defence. So um, Saracen's made 50 more tackles than Leicester. Um, because they and the, the kind of uh, possession stats, Leicester had sixty percent of the ball, so Saracens just gave them the ball, waited for the error, forced the error, and then were clinical when, when, it, when mean, they got the turnover. People bang on about attacking rugby, and it is great, but Leicester are really good, atta- a really good attacking side. And watching a really good defensive side is just so much better. I mean, I just love it so much. <laughs> I, I, well, I can't agree with that, but Why? it's impressive to see a good defensive side. But what, what you, 
more than that, and this is the the thing that people need to remember with Saracens, they still scored, what, 44 points? Yeah. They still scored 44 points against Leicester. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they did that, and particularly in terms They're of... Insane. in Particularly in terms of the 31 points they scored in that first, ha- first half, they scored those, like, so clinically. Yeah. They forced the a turnover, bang, score, yeah. bosh, score. It's like, it was so... They would only need one sniff and they're done. And they did that in that one... The Will Fraser try, the... They did that yeah. via two outstanding offloads from forwards. It wasn't low-risk rugby like oh, people accuse you for. Play. That was high-risk but highly accurate. Yeah. They can play, but they understand when they need to play, and that's why they're so good. Yeah, I know I agree with that. The, the uh, point about the defensive side, I mean, watching Montpellier uh, in the mm. uh, European Challenge Cup, that was a bit dull. They're very good defensive side, but they're not as clinical going forward as yeah, Saracens. But, yeah, and they don't, see, they don't play as kind of uh, aggressively and dominant. But if you watch passage of play, like that famous passage of play between Wales and Ireland, when Wales keep oh, that, out, that oh, was brilliant. Yeah, oh, that, oh, that yeah. was amazing. Yeah, I completely agree. That was heroic. Now, what, what I would say is, and we'll get onto this when we talk about the finals, I worry for Exeter because they play similarly to, to Leicester. In Leicester, I think the one team you don't want to try and play in your own half is Saracens. But yeah. And and they did, and unfortunately for for Leicester, they they got cu- they get caught in possession. Yeah. Uh, the turnover try done. The big difference between Exeter and Leicester, I believe, is going to be the work rate of the forwards. I don't think Leicester forwards work work rate is particularly high. So yeah, the back five work p- pretty hard with Don Barrow and Kitchener because they're quite athletic. But really, the props do absolutely nothing. Now you, you look at Exeter. Their props work incredibly yeah. hard. Get like on to, we'll, like, we'll, like we'll get Thomas, onto this in the like Thomas Francis. Just like Thomas just, Francis. Just like big Tom Francis. <laughs> I can see him going soon because he just doesn't fit the mould. I don't know how <laughs> he fits into that Exeter side. He fits a jelly mould. <laughs> <laughs> back after That was his first game after the 10-week uh, ban. I'm sure exactly what you want is 10 weeks of Thomas Francis not playing rugby yeah. for his uh, conditioning and fitness. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, dominant from well. dominant <laughs> from Saris, and then we got we we got followed straight afterwards with an, another tight one between Exeter and Wasps, and again another one that suggested just how important it was that that Exeter managed to get that second position because a home advantage in yeah. that fixture, oh. just everything. Yeah, this was, this was a great game. I really enjoyed mm, this. one. I really enjoyed it. Did did anyone get the impression that Wasps were a bit edgy? In what regard, like, uh... I kind of feel that this. Well, my opinion on wasps is they believe that this year was their year to win something, because I don't think they are going to be as good next year as they are now. And oh, have you seen the, the boys they're bringing in? Yeah, but look at the guys they're losing. I mean, I don't think Pietal can be replaced by well, unless you got well the, potentially Willie Larue. Potentially, Leroux. he's having a conversation with South Africa coach before he commits to Wasps. But uh, Wasps, that's, that's, <laughs> there's rumours of Sonny Bill Williams going to Wasps as well. Wasps and Leicester want Sonny Bill after the Olympics, yeah, because he wants to win his gold if he gets selected. Yeah, and so Kirtley Bill could not be the highest paid player in the Premiership for very long because <laughs> Sonny Bill will command a bigger, bigger dollar than that. But the, but the other point, like. Bringing in Marty Moore, yeah. international uh, tight head from Leinster, that is the kind of player they need. Potentially Stefan Armitage as well. Yeah. Di Young has said, of course, if a player like that was interested, we'd be, uh, we definitely want to talk to Stefan Armitage, but we haven't had any contact with Tol- Tolon yet. There's so many rumours about that one that you but think you get the sense it could be they, a done deal. Was, 
if you look at the game again, there's a lot of kind of flashpoints. And I just think it's frustration with Wasps. I think Wasps honestly believe this year was their year to win something. And they also believe that they're a better team than they are, or a better team than what they're showing. And that's why you've got all the little scuffles um, after driving malls, and there's one after a scrum. So I, they just... It's they almost it's almost like like they like they choked. That Exeter driving mall again was the weapon and a really good question, really important question. Finbar Bevan uh, tweeted to at Rugby Podcast and said, "Who is the rightful recipient of an Exeter cock tap when Exeter get a penalty try? The ref? <laughs> I'd love <laughs> to see question. that. For, love to see the, the ex- forwards coach. Yeah, the, yeah, you're right." You're right. Probably just tight head. The two props. Yeah. Give give. They if should get the cock tap. Why doesn't everyone just cock tap the man to the right? <laughs> <laughs> the backs <laughs> cock tap the forwards. Yeah. Um, and then just one of them has to cock tap himself. The one that's <laughs> left out. You know, I, I, I like my daisy chain idea more. <laughs> <laughs> like a. Cock tap centipede. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, there was an interview ahead of that game with Rob Baxter previewing the game and Ali Eakin from BT Sport asked him a question about the culture of Exeter and and Rob Baxter um, said in amongst that he said of course the boys do have some odd rituals but there's a there's a great camaraderie there and he was clearly did everything but mention the cock tap <laughs> that's what everyone was thinking even Rob Baxter um, the extra team selection was quite quite interesting mm. Armand uh, Don Armand started yeah why do you think that was uh, just good form that, that was basically it. He, Don Armand's been the ever-present in the Chiefs' back row. Yeah. Uh, he, he's played at six, he's played at seven, he's played at eight, but he's played every game pretty much for, for quite some time now. Um, he's, his athleticism is, is immense. Yeah, that, that's the thing for me. He's a little bit taller than... A little bit taller than Waldrum. If you play Mitch Lees, if you play Mitch Lees, you, then you need him as a line-out option. line-out option, yeah. And okay, the other one was Ian Witten, who started ahead of Sam Hill. Yeah, mm. and took his try very well. Now, very well. Uh, where is Ian Witten in regards to national standings? Nowhere, nowhere near? He's I Kiwi, isn't he? Is he? Well, if he is, that, that would be... Uh, <laughs> that would answer that question. Yeah, uh, he's quite uh, far down. Ir- oh, is he Irish? Irish. I knew he wasn't English, but... Oh, uh, I thought go. he was English. He, uh, in 2009, has got two island caps. Yeah, I got that wrong. And but... one Wolfhounds cap. Mm. Mm. That's so, interesting. Um, they are, so the extra 10 and 12 could end up winning the premiership and have between them two caps uh, yes so I'm pretty sure Steenson's ne- never been capped Steenson's never been never capped been for capped. Ireland he, no. he is eligible for England should we need him but wish we won't but <laughs> yeah. there you go he's had well, a hell of a season yeah. yeah he really is and when we talk about as, we, as we've been talking about recently the value that Quinns really get out of their internationals you've got an international class player in Steenson that yeah. has been an ever-present for Exeter. They're really getting the money's worth out of him. Yeah, that's a very good point, actually, because if he's not missing for the however many games a season, he's even more valuable. Yeah. Yeah, they've done pretty, pretty well there. Yes. Uh, and and the final? Exeter deserved to win. Oh, and then, the yeah, the final game, yeah. Yeah, Connor uh, repeated the game a couple of weeks ago. Now, I want to be respectful enough to our West Island... Where's this goal going? Men I, I stuff. No, this. The, pr- the pronunciation of Connacht, because I think it's the c- you have the cut before the t. Connacht. Connacht. I think it's Connacht. Well, okay. I'm call them Connacht. So that, that's that's that. You can call them the best team in the Pro 12. The only real, the team, only in real, the real team in the Pro 12. Do you not think there's quite a lot of similarities between when you look at Exeter and Connacht? 
actually, because I know it, I know it's not identical. In terms of, like culture and the way they've come from nothing. And well, yeah, Exeter established themselves as a Premiership force in spite of having much less money than that. Isn't necessarily the other... true. No, they've it is. Spent it, no. fairly close to the salary cap. Yeah, that, no, leagues. no, that's that, that doesn't matter. The amount of money that um, teams get when they come up to the Premiership should. So there was all this controversy about London Welsh. When they came up, their money they got from the RFU was one point two five million yeah. versus five million that all the other pl- other teams got or, or thereabouts. Yeah. And Exeter, it was only Exeter now have the same amount of money as everyone else because I think I get that they bought the Premiership shares from Leeds. Yeah, but I'm, all, I'm still and that almost, got them. I'm still uh. almost certain though. That although they might have got less money from the organisations... Oh, they come on, that, that, well, that's relevant. Oh, yeah, no, oh yeah, yeah. Of course, but you can only spend so much, and they were spending so much. So I'm almost certain on the way up to the Premiership, they were at the, at the salary cap. Well, I'm sure of it. Uh, well, I, I, I do your search on that one. I think there's similarities, because they've... Oh, there's definitely some similarities. They, they've, they've had the power, the balance of power skewed heavily against them, and in spite of that, managed to establish themselves as a Premiership force and have grown. Connacht, in 2003... Were, um, were about on the verge of being kicked out um, of pro it's, rugby yeah, in Ireland, just, and they were going to be a they were going to be a feeder feeder province for the other three, much like they are now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they mar- <laughs> the the fans and did a march on um, Lansdowne Road, big protest, got loads of national coverage, and there was a really iconic photograph taken with a kid handing the petition over to the head of the IRFU and it was kind of it was thought that it would have been a suicidal I know JB's face is screwed up he hates <laughs> protesting of any kind so he's really disappointed that he, the, 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 he's really disappointed that pro rugby still only exists because of a, a protest because yeah, he hates it he, he'd this, get rid of all unions and all yeah, protests it's, it's just like the symbolism oh yeah we'll, we'll send this kid who has no idea what's going on with this paper and he has no idea why anyone signed it and that'll be our totem pole and we'll all dance around it I hate it with passion well it works <laughs> but yeah it, it works and um, I'm glad that they're here um, not as glad as I am that uh, Pat, Pat Lamb is in my life Phil uh, that team plays some spectacularly sorry spectacularly high skilled rugby mm. I mean that that is that is the key to what they do because I I don't think that they've got they've got the best players not by a long shot Ben Yaki's pretty handy he's pretty <laughs> yeah. good isn't he? pretty handy uh, but it's just the general skills I mean they're happy just to pass it once out twice out uh, and then it'll go it'll go back doors and then wide it's it's, it's an impressive setup it is. and if you compare that as well to I mean you've just said you compare them to Exeter yeah I compare them to who they were playing against which was Glasgow two very well coached teams and I, I, I think if anything that game demonstrated that it's more about the coaching side and get your si- and getting your systems right than it is just about buying buying in buying in the big names and you see the same thing time and time again when the French teams come up against well coached teams they get ap- absolutely destroyed but you know this this was a a game between two, two equals and the guy that impressed me outside of Bendiaki was the winger what's his name Matt Healy, Healy. Matt Healy wow yeah. he's electric yeah. that boy is absolutely electric. Can yeah. I just uh, read you something about Bundyaki? He was yeah, he was on crutches on Tuesday. He's a warrior, said Pat Lamb. Man of the match, Bundyaki, only proved his fitness to start Connacht's superb Pro 12 semi-final win over Glasgow in the warm-up before the game. So mm. I love this. He twisted his knee at training on Tuesday. Um, they, they did a 
contact session, like the big Bosch session of the week. Yeah. Um, and he was fine through that. And then the players all get 10 minutes to do whatever they want to do. And it was that Bandiaki wanted to do some more tackling with a couple of the others. <laughs> and he got injured in that. Uh, Pat Lamb, uh, you'll love. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes. As well, if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You'll love Pat Lamb on this one. He said the medical team did a great job. They, they wanted to do a fitness test on him yesterday, as in the day before the game. He said, no, 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 no. Uh, he said he's got until 6.29pm, a minute before kickoff, to work out if he's going to make it. Uh, Pat Lamb asked them what the fitness test was going to be. They told him and he said, no, our game day warm-up's tougher than that. We'll just do it in the warm-up. So they prepared Peter Robb for the rest of the week and were prepared to go with him. Um, but basically just gave him the warm-up. And all Bundyaki did halfway through the warm-up was give Pat Lamb a thumbs up. And he went, right, that's awesome. it then. Done. Oof. Awesome. Well, Pat Lamb in the pre-match interview said... The lads are about to go to war. I love that. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> uh, now, Leinster have signed Robbie Henshaw. They have. Um, who is a, a bit of a panache uh, to dress like um, Michael Jackson at the moment with his single <laughs> GAA glove. <laughs> the They've got the wrong guy. Because Robbie Henshaw is going to go to Leinster, presumably at 12, when Ben Teo goes. Yeah. They might use him as a 15. Because he, start, he started out as a 15. Surely mm. a 12. I would say a 12. Yeah. If they all Ireland would want him playing 12. Yeah, they will. You're, you're right. You're right. Um, well, if if they are going to go that way, they've got the wrong guy. Bundyaki is the guy that they wanted. <laughs> is, uh, because I didn't really see much of Henshaw at all during this game. The other element yeah. to think about with that one with uh, Henshaw is, could he do a Ben Botica? Will we will we see Robbie Henshaw against his future employer? Oh no! Like kicking the ball to, into no man's land with a minute to go when Connors could go and win it. <laughs> he could quite possibly, quite possibly. No, he's got far. Keep more, your eye on that. Far more integrity than that. Botica, watch. Keep your eye on it. Yeah. I, one of the things I loved about this game is the way that right at the end, Rodney or you get, get, gets a card. I thought, isn't this just a little bit too poetic now? 
because Glasgow lost the week before after losing after the card. card. Yeah. yeah. A, a prop to a card. And they were building pressure. So yeah. it was so good, so good to see them win. Yeah. Delighted for them. Yeah, me too. Me mm. too. I tell you what, before we go on to previewing the finals, which we'll do in a moment, let me just rattle through some other stories going on in the game. Uh, Murad Boujalad, I've been watching his Twitter account that he's started the other week. Has he? Um, yeah. Ooh. Um, Is it now, English or French? Huh? Is it in English or French? French. But you can translate. He's only posting pictures, really. There's one picture of him with Vincent Clerc and one picture of just his face in a in a private jet, I think. Anyway. G6. He's, yeah. fo- he's followed about 100 people. One of the people that he's and not many of those are rugby players. One of the rugby, one of the few rugby players he's followed is Alex Good. <laughs> now Murad's favourite pastime is buying fullbacks. Yeah, well, so yes. hey, well, he's been playing Quade Cooper at fullback recently. Yeah, and there's talk that he's Quade Cooper's going to do a direct swap for Goromaru, although Goromaru has. Uh, need shoulder surgery now. Yes, Is that right? he's done his AC joint. Yeah, which part? Three months oh, recovery to for Quade Cooper. Yeah, yeah, that's the rumor. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's that's interesting. Is Grumaro good enough? Well, it's good. It's good enough business sense. Yeah. <laughs> Potentially, if, if you sell some Talon shirts in Japan. Yeah, but we are be... being disrespectful to Grumaro. Surely you'd. You know, you, if you're going to spend the money, you need a guy that's good enough. Rather yeah. than just going to sell the shirt. Yes. What Lee Halfpenny as well. If he if, ever gets well, fit if he again. ever plays ever again, other than for Wales, <laughs> and gets injured, <laughs> oh, some at all injured, I'd be so angry with him. You're not going anywhere, Lee. You're not going anywhere. Um, the so it would have been now on the last cycle before the World Cup. It would have been right now that we would have been doing the pool stage draw for the World Cup. Um, that's being that's being done in May next year now. But still, there's quite a lot of people complaining that that's still going to be done two years ahead of the World yeah, Cup. Yeah, completely agreed. It's ridiculous. But I was thinking about this. I was going, yeah, that is annoying. But actually, how long if we were gonna, if we were going to travel to the World Cup and our, our once in a lifetime trip to do Japan for the World Cup, we'd probably plan that at least a year in advance. Yeah. A year. So actually, mm. if you think about the amount of logistics involved, it's probably fair enough because uh, mm. people organising the grounds and well, I mean, the two, hotels and year, all of that sort two of stuff. Years, Eighteen months. That all seems like good enough planning to me. Well, what's the difference between 18 months and two years? Anyway, it would have been now, but they've, oh, mo- they've yeah, moved yeah, it back sorry. a year. Yeah, you're right, aren't you, sir? They've moved it back a year. Ah, right. Okay, moved it. Uh, four, yeah, closer towards the... Yeah. Which makes, makes all these international matches that you're... That all these international matchups this this summer, there is real relevance on them in the Six Nations next year because, like, th- you know, we want to avoid that pool of death. Mm. Yeah. Like, Wales don't want to be in ninth position in the world again well it doesn't really matter if we're in the pool of death as you found out <laughs> <laughs> Richie Gray's off to Toulouse from Cast good signing uh, yeah yeah uh, interesting oh, signing I'd want the other one if it was if it was Johnny. up to me yeah yep. uh, all the talk is that uh, Eddie Jones says that the Super Rugby this year sends him to sleep and that's not just because <laughs> it's on late at night and Do early you know in the morning he has, he has got a point here now Super Rugby is for the most well part of it is fantastic other parts are utter dross. Utter dross. It, outside of the New Zealand teams, everyone else just seems to be... It, it does seem unfair in a way, in that you've got this really tough, attritional conference in New Zealand with these really good sides taken out of each other every week. And you've got South, South African teams cruising through the... Against the pool stages against the... The uh, Kings. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, and also Los Haguares. Los Haguares. Can't buy a win for love nor money. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, it's not... Uh, I, I will say this. I was watching um, 
I was, and this is the quick observation. I was watching Canterbury, right? Uh, who, th- for some reason, are absolutely uh, unbelievable this year. And it felt like I was watching rugby on the end of the earth. It had like sheet rain coming left to right. They ran out of corrugated iron huts. Watching and it in like, the, 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 with the ironborns. Uh, yeah, it, keeping yeah, the it's exactly uh, Game of Thrones it thing. It, just, it, it felt so remote. And there, and there they were. Um, oh, did you see? Speaking of uh, the New Zealand rugby, did you see Owen Franks taking a, an up and under on his head? Oh yes, that was the greatest moment. I like yeah. the description of it as Owen Franks diffuses a bomb with his head. Very good. <laughs> it, just, went, it fell went straight, straight to into his teammate. Izzy, Izzy Dag's arms, I think yeah, it, was. Yeah. It, was, it was. Someone's arms. I saw Joe, uh, Joe Moody's break. That was very impressive. God, I think I've watched something like eight games of rugby on, <laughs> on Saturday. If you count all my uh, sevens. sevens games. <laughs> Oh yeah, well let's talk. Let's talk sevens briefly then, Phil. How was the, how was the? I didn't see any of the London sevens on the telly. Saw Fiji won it again, and they won the. I think no. the. the, no. the f- uh, well, they won the World Series. Yes, Fiji they won the, won the, World, they won the World Series. Um, yeah. It was good. It was really good. Hell of an atmosphere in Twickenham. Uh, not because it was like a really hostile or intimidating atmosphere. It was a party atmosphere. Thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of people in fancy dress, all getting on it. It was brilliant. I do uh, wonder if they actually know the rugby's even been played, some of them. There's a lot of people that don't, that aren't watching the rugby at all. <laughs> Is it more like a um, the atmosphere you get like at the races, where it's like basically drinking interspersed with a little bit of horse trotting? Uh, it's is it's more like that than a normal rugby game. It's more like, kind of like a T20 game. Yeah. Like a, a, were there lots of stag dudes or were there more like financiers from the city on a piss-up? It was more like the stag dudes. It was, it was like... Uh, it, just lots of people in fancy dress, apart from in the boxes where I was, which was more like the uh, uh, the bankers' quarter. Mm. Um, the rugby, some of it was brilliant. England's first day, which was while I was there, England was superb. They, they smashed Fiji. Hammered Fiji. They just beat uh, Australia, and they beat Wales to top the group, which was, considering that group, was one of the most difficult. Now, is there anyone in Wales or England who we'd know as 15 fans? Uh, Marcus Watson was there. Okay, from Newcastle. Um, that's about it. Well, I think. Anyone from Wales? Uh, I wasn't really paying attention to the Wales squad, to be honest. Brilliant. Um, there was one Jared Hayne there. Ah. Uh, now, the rumours on on the rumours on Wednesday when we were with a uh, with Canterbury in one of their other events is Jared Hayne wouldn't make the twelve. So he clearly did. He did make the twelve. Jared Hayne, the, the former NFL before that big N- NRL star. Yes. Yep. Yeah, and Samoan rugby league international. Was it's... he Samoan or was he Fiji as well? Uh, I may have that wrong. Well, well he's a rugby league international. Yeah, he's a rugby, well, league, rugby league international, and one of the biggest brands and one of the best players yeah. in rugby league yeah. over the past and ten years. And went to San Francisco 49ers and managed getting into their roster. Fair enough, he didn't play loads of downs of he... NFL, but to get into a roster of an NFL franchise yeah, is that incredible. Is incredible in itself. Yes. Uh, it... Now, my problem lies with how is his cardio going to be. I mean, NFL is like you take two or three carries and you sit, and yeah. then you sit out, and then the defence are on, it's and size, then you back on. And all size and speed is, yeah. is the the thing in NFL, which isn't they're not the most important things in sevens. Um, you didn't get enough game tape to know he played kind of two, three minutes at the end of each of their three games. Didn't look out of place, mm-hmm. but didn't do anything spectacular either. Incidentally, he, he four caps for Fiji, uh, twelve caps for Australia. Oh right, okay. Oh, Fiji, really? then Australia. Yeah, because you can convert, can't you? 
He converted. Yeah. Uh, he, no, he played his first cap for Australia. Then a year later, played four caps for Fiji. Then went back to Australia. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I'm complaining about rugby yeah. unions uh, residency well, and awful. stuff. But there, there was um, so they didn't learn a huge amount from that. Um, Sonny Bill was playing, did some very good things. He put him. Have you seen? Oh, the, seen the, the, the hit on the Russian, Russian guy. Oh my god! Boom! Oh my god! JB would have been calling for a red card and duty uh, of care. I, I thought that, that was, was uh, an international flashpoint. That was a. That was. I a, they might call Banky Moon <laughs> to you know, mediate. <laughs> that was a hell of a hit, and it was legal, and it was. Perfectly if Sonny Bill Williams had that. been American, then Vladimir Putin would have had a big problem with that. Oh, yeah, huge <laughs> problem. Uh, so all in all, it was a great day, brilliant atmosphere. Uh, uh, interesting. I've just very good fun. I've just looked at Jared Haynes' Wikipedia page. It says, Jar- full name, Jared Lee Hayne, nickname, and then there's three nicknames there. Oh, hold on, hold on. Um, uh, Hainsey. No, 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 Hainsey stop, is stop, one stop, of them. Stop. Let's make it up. The Uh, Hain train. uh, No, no. How about the Hain maker? So close, Phil. The Hain Hain plane. Hain plane. Oh, I want the Hain train. (laughs) Yeah, Hain train. No, no, I said, you said Hainmaker. 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 <laughs> no, you won't get the you won't get the last one. But Hainmaker's good. Hainplane, Hainsey, and say Hain kid. Say what? He gave that. Gave he clearly gave that one to himself. Yeah, like like <laughs> Paul Inson, the governor. Is that right? Paul Ince called himself. Paul Ince gave himself the governor. It was around the time when he said, when he basically gave himself the nickname the governor and wanted everyone to call him the governor. That Alex Ferguson at Man United went right. Bye. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> Off you go. Bye. Um. Like when uh, James Haskell, Haskell got into DJing. <laughs> <laughs> and JB went, right, I'll see, it. I'll see you later. Um, no, right. I, I've read an article in the, in the week li- leading up to London Sevens about Ben Ryan, who is former England Sevens coach, current Fiji Sevens coach, two-time winner of the, of the World Series with Fiji, the only country to have done back-to-back Sevens World Series titles, I believe. And... Um, I'm particularly interested in him because when I was coming through the Colts at Newbury, he was in the first team playing scrum half. And then he returned later when I was in the first team at Newbury to be the coach. And he's one of the, I think he's the best coach I've ever coached under. He he was all up for this all action, lung busting, play from anywhere kind of rugby. So he's probably destined to be a sevens coach. But I thought JB particularly, you will love some of what he had to say. Far away. So he basically talks about how he can't go anywhere in in Fiji without people running out of the house and spotting him and shouting at him, taking pictures with him. He's like, he's, he's basically a superstar. Do you know what his, uh, does it mention what his nickname is? No. They call him... Something to do with his red hair? Yeah, well, it, it is, is it? the mate. They call him Ben Ryan the Lion oh. because of his, his red hair and his mate. Oh, nice. His beard. Ben Lion would be better. Ben Lion the Ryan. No, just Ben Lion. Ben Lion, okay. Ben Lion. He said that we're going for a uh, uh, we're going for gold at the Olympics. Obviously, um, rugby is something that binds the villages together. Everybody plays a random form of sevens in the villages before school and after work, not with rugby balls, but men, women, and children playing together with coconuts or plastic bottles filled with sand. Um, he said, "I've seen teams of villagers beating international sides like Argentina and France." He's called Fiji home since two thousand and thirteen. He says that. He's had a revival in his coaching. He fell out of love with rugby when he was in England. It's polar opposites now to the corridors of the rugby union, where rugby football union, where everything's regulated. I would be told if the players had spent too much time on the field. I'd be told what type of music to play in the changing room for for optimal motivation levels. It's a simple scientific calculation, I presume. Yeah. Yeah. He says input equals output. Yeah. 
In Fiji, we train them until they can't run anymore. They eat brown coconuts before training. They eat green coconuts afterwards. If I went back to a country with lots of money, I'd strip their program right back to the basics. Nice. But you love that, don't you? Yeah, I do, actually. Because I was uh, at the receiving end of a... That's about swelling. An RFU <laughs> coach uh, a few weeks ago who took it upon himself to make a few speeches during, um, well, during a you know a club event, and all that comes out of their mouth is just n- sanctimonious nonsense. We support our neighbours. We want to be people that we want to be. You can only help someone if you're a good person yourself. It's like a cult. It's it's just <laughs> this relentless tirade of nonsense continually all the time. So I'm not surprised that Ben Ryan hates it. I hate it too. It's it it it's dreadful. It really is. When Ben Ryan talks about it, it sounds like there'd be, and there might even have been one. Was there a film? There was a film about the. Uh, in fact, I didn't watch it, but there was a film about the Pacific Island oh, players, yeah. wasn't there? Sounds like there'd be an amazing Pacific Warriors or something. Yeah, Pacific Warriors. Ones. We need to watch that because yeah. it's made me. It made me go, and I'd forgotten about that. But it made me think. There's a Hollywood movie in this Fiji Sevens team potentially in a kind of cool runnings kind of fashion say, yeah cool runnings would be uh, Eddie the Eagle like the blueprint for it yeah yeah, it's cool anyway anyway that's the Sevens um, two big finals coming up this weekend well we've also got oh, yeah. a little quiz if you, oh if have you we Phil it. yeah very, always always a short one always got time a for a one. quiz right, uh, six uh, six questions let's quickly win this and move on okay what time are we on JB we are on 57 minutes so ah cool well, okay. hold on. well just while Phil's getting ready for the uh for the quiz, let me just briefly mention that if you haven't tried it already, there is an army of egg chasers who are freshly cornerstoned with beautifully shaved faces, looking fresh, no razor rashes, no pain, just beautifully the best razor out there on the market. Just, Vote- like, just like my face. Just like your face, JB. Freshly cornerstoned, perfectly shaved. Uh, they won cornerstone razors, won at the GQ Awards, beating Wilkinson Sword, beating Gillette. They're the best razor on the market. They're mail order, and you can get a £10 discount with your first order by being an Egg Chasers listener by going to cornerstone.co.uk forward slash Egg Chasers. It means on your first order, you get a free aluminium shaft engraved with your initials, which is a beautiful thing to have. And because you get the £10 discount, it's pretty much going to cost you pennies to give it a go, see what the fuss is about and see why we love it so much. So cornerstone.co.uk forward slash Egg Chasers. Cornerstone.co.uk forward slash Egg Chasers or JB. Or Egg 10 at checkouts. Quiz fill. Perfect. Okay, uh, we've got seven questions. One of them, one of the questions might have been mentioned a little bit earlier, but I'll ask it anyway just to see if you're, you're both, listening, both paying attention. So rugby sevens, seven um, questions. There are. There's a couple of sevens questions in here. Cool. Um, first one: Which club does Zach Guilford currently play for? Okay, that's pretty easy. <clears throat> Question two. Oh, I need a pen, don't I? I was just thinking, oh, should I write it down on the notepad? Do you trust me on this? Yeah. yeah. All right. If your thumbs are going frantically and uh, swiping all the time. <laughs> I promise I won't. <laughs> well, it's because to lose is a long word to spell, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, question two. Which club's hooker did Joe Marler not kick in the head? Or... Kicking the head. Which, whichever it was. So I say again, which which club's hooker did Joe Marler kick, kick, in the kick head. or not kick in the head? Uh, depending on your point of view. Okay. Uh, yeah, got it. Next question three. You got it, Jay? No, I haven't. Yes, I have. 
<laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Question three. Who won the Paris Sevens last weekend? Okay, you got that one. Uh, question four. 35-year-old Van Sonclair has left Toulouse for another club. Who is it? Okay. Okay, easy enough. You got any hard ones today? <laughs> <laughs> Who scored four tries in the London Sevens quarter-final against New Zealand today? Oh, looks like you do. Um, <laughs> no idea. Ooh, against who? Against New Zealand. I have an idea. Quarter final against New Zealand. Oh, what is his? Oh, yes. I, I think I know this. Very smug. Is it a guy who's? Is it a guy who in yes, so went yes. went on to get some sort of record? Yes. Uh, I don't know. I was just going to say yes. I don't know. I've no idea. Come on, Phil. Next. Okay, question six. Which club did Harunor, Emmanuel... Emmanuel... Emmanuel Harunordiki? It's not Emmanuel. <laughs> Emmanuel Harunordiki. Emmanuel, yeah, that's Emmanuel. Right. Start his career at. Start? Start his career at. Huh. Ah, okay. 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 And Ooh. finally... Which city was this year's Rugby League Magic Weekend held No in? idea. Which city? It was this weekend, if you've been paying attention. It was this weekend, you're right. I'm going to have a Because when, when I was getting the train down to London on um, on Saturday morning, yes. there was a lot of United fans heading down to London. But in Manchester Piccadilly Station, there were also a lot of Rugby League fans travelling by did, train. Did you have the option for first class this time round? Uh, £30 upgrade. I would have paid any amount of money not to be sat with United fans. Uh, it was first class was full. Oh. The whole train was completely full. Oh. It was an absolute oh. disaster. I bet they weren't even checking tickets and stuff. So actually, probably full. Well, first it was, gate, it was gates now. Yeah. No, I know exactly, Houston. exactly. So, so for that reason, you just oh, sit, you in, sit in first class and then just go. Oh, the problem is, we we arrived at the train station three minutes before it was leaving, ah. and the next train wasn't for an hour. So ah. we just ran, and it was. Uh, I do that on the. Um, on the southern trains that I get into work at Virgin Radio, I just there's a first class section which people are scared to go in. But like you say, it's always gate only. They don't so have you're behaving just, anymore. Just, you're behaving just like those bankers that you hate. Do you know the one which um, <laughs> which skipped his tube fee? What twenty thousand pounds of tubes? I'd happily, I'd happily move if I was asked. Um, <laughs> so but fine. in the meantime, I'll just steal. <laughs> okay, questions, answers. Yes, I, uh, there's a couple I'm not sure on. A couple I'm certain on. And a couple of others I okay. don't know. So the the club for that what's his name plays for Zach Guilford. He plays for Waratahs. Waratahs. Yeah. Uh, the which club's hooker did Joe Marlow get involved with? Grenoble. Grenoble. Ah, it was. Grenoble is correct. Yes, come on. Let me just keep. A... I had no idea about the Paris Sevens. I guess Fiji. Fiji, I've guessed as well. Let me just. I don't think it's a guess. I think we're right there. JB. So Tim, you're currently on two. Yeah. JB, you're currently on one. Is that a three-two or two or still two-one? Was it uh, Fiji? Fiji were winning twenty-six-seven at oh, half no. time oh, yes. in the it, final. And Samoa, Samoa, of course. Came still two-one. An unbelievable comeback. Yeah, it was. You're right. I did see that. <sighs> uh, Vincent Clair, thirty-five-year-old. Too long. I'm assuming it's too long because of that picture with Bujalad. Uh Well, it was rumoured uh, that he was going to be there, and then uh, Bujalad, his Twitter account 
posted something that just said clerk today. So <laughs> I'm assuming that yeah. it's, it, and he definitely hasn't been offered a contract extension by Toulouse. So okay. that makes it... Oh, I've just... Uh, so 3-2. Three, two. Three, two. Uh, now, I don't know the name of the chat, but was it? did they play Kenya? Because there's a Kenyan guy mm. that's got the most world world record number of you tries. You right, Tim. Are you talking about Colin Injira? Yeah. Tim? I'm talking about Perry Baker. Um, well, I can tell you that one of you has it correct. Well, it must. It is Perry Baker. Um, yes! Well played. So what's that? 3-3. Three, 3-3. Three. Three, three. This, this is where it gets difficult. Now. Three or two to play. Two to play. So... Imanol Arinodiki. I saw. I read a piece on him because he's yeah. retired. Yeah. I read a piece on him. And yeah. it's and not Biritz. I've got. So who have you got? got who have you got? JB. Pow. I've got Pow. Ah no. Pow is correct. Pow. I'm a massive Harinodiki fan, so five, five years at Pau. Did he spend five years? It looks yeah. like one year. No, he spent five years from 1999 to 2004 at Pau. Oh, so it all comes down to rugby league and where the Super Weekend is. Well, I, I have no idea. I think I've gone for the same place that the one, <clears> and I think now I think about it, I've just named the place where the Magic Weekend was to start the season, but I don't know where the so, current one is. It, last year it was Newcastle. Yeah. So I don't think it's going back there. It might be in Edinburgh, but I've not heard, heard heard anything. It's not been in Manchester, or we'd know. And it's not in London, I'd assume. Well, currently there's an England football match going on in Manchester, Manchester so it definitely yeah. wouldn't yes, be Manchester. Yeah, we'd, we'd... So I'm, I went with Cardiff. Tim, where did you go for? I went with Newcastle, but that was that last. No, I'm just getting my years or dates mixed up. That was that was either the start of this season or it was the end. Or it, was it was last season. It was last season. Uh, it was last season for Newcastle. Uh... And it was this season again. Yes! <laughs> hey! Scumbags rugby league. Woo! Scumbags. Why five four, that? five four to Tim. Yes! All I do is defend rugby league, and that's how I get repaid. <laughs> that was like that was like Samoa beating oh! Fiji in the Paris Sevens that neither of us knew. Uh, right there. Beautiful. Well done, well done, Tim. A good quiz, Phil. Um, God damn it! <laughs> right then, finals, Premiership finals. Now, in order to try and. Um, keep us on track with this one uh, I have prepared a combined 15 for the two premiership finalists yeah and I so, have com- and you've yeah go on Phil Sorry. I have prepared a combined 15 for the two pro 12 finalists which final do you want to preview first JB uh, let's do premiership first okay so this this 15 that I've picked is if both the starting lineups from the weekend just gone were what are what is selected by Saracens and Exeter in the final at Twickenham this weekend, which I'll be not working on the telly on BT Sport. But I'll, if you're going to Twickenham, what are you doing at BT Sport? Th- there's a big stage outside Twickenham which me and Ugo are hosting. Oh, that's a tough gig. So Tim. I'll be the, I'll be the straight man, and Ugo will be the uh, the fun. He'll bring the he'll bring the the fun and games yeah. and all the rest uh, of it. I think you you in front of Ugo is going to be very similar to me in front of David Wallace. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never met a more handsome man. He uh, is a fine specimen, isn't like, he? He's like the leading man in some sort of rom com. You know, he's probably some. Uh, I'm guessing. Who would the character be? He's in great shape. Yeah, he's he's in great shape. You know, probably dashing, dashing. I'm guessing in the film he'd, he'd have a young son. He'd be a caring father. Wife tragically died of cancer. He was with her all um, uh, all the way through, and he gets and he'd end with, up um, he'd end up marrying the au pair. No, no, it'd be like an office romance. The girl, you know, kind of. Oh no, yeah, he'd be dating someone who really wasn't right for him. She's too. She doesn't care enough about the kids, and the au pair is just. That's, in fact, uh, the, the au pair. That's, 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 that's not bad. That's the plot of an f- actual film, I think, with uh, Richard E. Grant. I can't remember what the film is. Anyway, 
A remake yeah, of that. She re- yeah, she's in fashion. She hates the kids. Yeah. Ice yes. queen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> anyway, um, so based on the 15s that were there this week, and I think this does highlight a couple of things which uh, um, will indicate how Exeter could beat Saracens. So the team I went for, if everyone was available, was props, one from each team. I went for Mako, and I'm really impressed by Harry Williams, much as we love Parrot on this podcast. Um, oh, that's interesting. Um, uh, what's his name? Duplessis. Harry Williams, his work rate that you mentioned earlier, yeah. JB. I love burn work like, he's, like dogs. I really, really like the look of this guy. And at Hooker, uh, with Jamie George on the bench, I'd pick him as my hooker over all of them. But actually, I'd rather have Cowan Dickey than Brits just for his all-round game. Well, providing Cowan Dickey gets picked, I mean, you might uh, be left with um, Yendel. Yendel, who's club well, captain. I think, I think, a hell of a player. I think the fact is you've got two good pairs of hookers. But, yeah. Anyway, second row, no question, Marrow and Cruz. Although I would say that Jeff Parling is the one guy possibly in the Premiership who could still manage to keep a, a good functioning line out with the interruption that Marrow and Cruz are going to give you um, but Marrow and Cruz obviously when you say that remember his World Cup hmm not so uh, sure back row Ewers Armand Billy not Fraser no, no what Rhodes Ar- Armand Rhodes is the most underrated player in all of the, in all of the premiership I'd, I'd just have big Dave he's 6 foot 6 foot 20 um, <laughs> he's, he's just an incredible specimen you've got to have Rhodes uh, no, I had, I, I had Big Dave, and I think Don Armand's been outstanding, so I had him in my back row with Billy. Uh, Will Chudley and Owen Farrell as my halfbacks. Yeah, I can see that. Based on the weekend, uh, based on the weekend, I think I, I like Witten over Barrett. I like Slade over Taylor. So, uh. so Exeter, I think I've got something in their midfield. Well, possibly. if I was going to play like I, Exeter, I, I'd pick your team. If I was going to play like Saracens, I'd pick <laughs> Barrett and Taylor. Well, mm. I I was thinking about this before. I think that's one of the big kind of well, mm. um, biggest debates on this. I would move Slade in one and have Taylor and Slade would be my way of doing yeah, that's, things. Yeah, that's a fair shout. If if I wasn't picking if, them in yeah. the shirts that they were wearing, yeah. then yeah. Which I, I've moved Armand about, so yeah, let's do that. So it was Slade, Taylor, Nolan, Ashton, and Good. Yeah. So so Ashton, it's four. Good. So I picked I picked four. Yeah. I picked four Saracens forwards and four Exeter forwards. But um, I disagree with the. Well, no, I don't disagree with Noel because he's ace. But so is Wiles. I mean, Wiles played so well on the weekend. Yeah, I, I would go for Jack Noel ahead of Wiles. Mm. Do different players do different things. So true. true. But but and this is probably critical from Exeter's point of view. I have got Marrow and Cruz in there who. Exeter are, are going to need their driving mall. I mean, it got them two penalty tries. Yeah. Well, well, one of them was a scrum actually, but it it won them the game against Wasps earlier in the season. Yeah. It won them the game. It won them the game against Wasps at the weekend. They're going to have to have that. But if that if that line out gets messed up, then they're they're in trouble. But also Farrell, assuming he's fit and comes through, Farrell and Good controlling the game, and then you add Wigglesworth to their kicking game. I just think it's going to be hard for Exeter to get out and I get enough territory. Doing anything. I mean. I hope it'd be nice for them to win because Saracens have got their European Cup now and they're already champions. They've done it before, so it'd be lovely to see Exeter at the pinnacle of the game. And on that, I'll just say at Rugby Podcast, if there is a if there is a neutral that wants Saracens to win, let us know. My my bet is we don't get a single person. (laughs) I think everyone but Saracens fans will want Exeter to win. Do you know what? I'd genuinely be happy with either team team winning. Yeah, no, I I would. would. Saracens kind of justifies this really. But come on, romantically, everyone loves an underdog, and you're going to be everyone's going to be watching thinking go on Exeter I don't know which way I think I'll just be cheering every time someone scores (laughs) which if Saracens have their way will be very infrequently (laughs) 
Um, it's just the territory. Exeter need that territory to let their driving more game, to let that tight play yeah, but come the, into know, effect. Some of the backs movement is really, really nice. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, and they're really good. And uh, Rob Baxter, when he was on the telly, I think it was after about 60 minutes in the semi-final, um, we were said, you know, you, you've got a lead. How do you feel? And Rob's just said, yeah, I'm a bit disappointed that we're not really going for it we, we seem to be being a bit too defensive I want us to go for it a bit more and you got the I just that worries me when you approach Saracens like if you try and play out of your own half I think you're just going to get well, nailed yeah, yeah. You, can, you can do it in the first few minutes I keep on saying that's when they're, that's when they're weak <laughs> you've got like a three minute window yeah you've got like 15 minutes uh, is generous okay and you've got to accumulate your points and you've got to change you've got to make Saracens play differently to how Saracens play because as soon as they settle down you are screwed yeah yeah, very much so. So I, I, I so thanks to want to know how to beat Saracens. You've got my number. <laughs> Give me a bell. <laughs> I, I, as much as I'd love to see Exeter win, and and I, and I would also like to see Saracens win. Like I'd be, I'd be very happy. I'm very happy with this final. I can't see it. I can't see no, it. No, I, I, I can't. I think Saracens will suffocate them. They'll mm. put pressure on them in the right parts of the field, offensively and defensively, yeah, and okay. and they will most importantly, uh, Saracens will be ultra clinical. And the interesting part about this is we've seen so many different types of teams play Saracens. We've seen the monsters of, 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 um, of Racing try it that way, no success. Yeah. We've tried Leicester spinning it wide, who are very good at that, no success. In fact, the only team with any success has been Wasps. So yeah. maybe go back and look at the videos there. Yeah, interesting point. Owen oh, Harlequins. The other, the other final, so I think we're all saying probably Saracens. Yes. I hope, we hope Exeter... Oh, oh, get get have a shout because it would be an yeah. incredible story. Yeah. Well, it's an amazing story all round. Whatever happens, yes, it's an it incredible is. year for Saracens. And for, when you and as we've said before, yes, they bought a load of big name players in the past, but actually the core of that team that are playing are not household names that they've bought in. They're people that have come through their academy or people they've bought from lower leagues. Anyway, moving on. The other final, the other final, Leinster Connacht. Um, so started off with Jack McGrath, um, <clears throat> obviously Keen Healy too consistently injured. Jack McGrath's very good, very good, very good replacement. Um, and then I've gone for Tom McCartney and Feely, uh, Finley Beelham mm. uh, of Connor. Why did you not Where's... look at Cronin? Well, he never. I looked at Cronin. and I like Cronin, but he very rarely starts. Yeah, it's true. He, that, they always that... use him as a bench player. Yeah, because of his impact, I guess. Yeah. Um, and McCartney, nothing special, uh, very consistent. Okay. Um, and Beelham, who's uh, been in, in and around the island squad, only a young prop, so uh, gone for those. Second row, I've picked one from each, Ultane, Dillan and Devin to- Toner. Dillan, I thought, was magnificent. He's good, isn't he? I keep he? thinking that this guy must be like... Um, Argentine or <laughs> just gonna um, I'm just gonna remind you go Italian. back go back six seven months and uh, it and wasn't six seven months Tim <laughs> it was just after the World Cup no you you first mentioned him when he got picked for the Island squad for the Six Nations uh no when well, you when you said we do have it on recorded records yeah, okay so I, go back I, 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 what month are we in five I was thinking it was more like November time anyway whatever I said okay. I said outside shout for Lions, Lions next year yes you did you did anyway. That. Moving on, Play, yeah, played very, very well, and well, and until you see the spelling spelling of his name, it certainly sounds like he's Italian. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, then my back row, I've gone for Connett's captain John Muldoon at six. Who's Ooh, a bit he, of a, he plays eight, does he not? 
He he can play kind of a bit of both. Um, I've seen him play both. Seen he, him with be... flat track bully Heaslip at eight, are you? I'm going for yeah. Jordy Murphy and Jamie Heaslip. It, it's it's a pity I couldn't get two Sean O'Briens in there, or one. Well, they both have a player. They both oh, have right, a player yeah, yeah, yeah. called Sean O'Brien. <laughs> Very good. Um, uh, the injured one and one who. Uh, didn't start, although is a very good prospect. The Connor Sean O'Brien is only twenty-one. Is he? Yeah, he's got big, big, big guns. Uh, not as good as <laughs> not as good as the Sean O'Brien. Who has enormous guns? Then my back line. I was, it was a toss-up between Kieran Marmion and Owen Redding. I thought Owen Redding the experience, but mm. he's kind of getting on a bit. He is getting on a bit. But he, he started and he played very well. It's like the kind of uh, Peter Stringer thing. If he's kicking and he's passing a spot on. He can yeah, keep, what else he can do you keep, need? Exactly. He can keep going. And most importantly, he gives incredible service to Johnny Sexton. But uh, I went for Kieran Marmion. Do you know what? This is the position, right, where you ask Johnny Sexton, who do you want? Yes, that's a very good point, actually. Mm. Johnny. That's assuming he's not picking AJ McGinty. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. No. Are you not? Uh, no. Sexton, then my centres... So I've swapped it round a little bit. I've gone for Tio and Aki, Ben Tio and Bundy Aki in the centre, uh, in order to get uh, Henshaw at full back. What? You're, you're wow. mad! You're mad! Why? Well, Henshaw doesn't doesn't. From what I saw this weekend, he doesn't belong in that team. Full stop. <laughs> I would go. He's a very good fullback. I'm sure he is, but again, he was very very quiet. I would definitely have Aki in there. Yeah. Uh, Tio or Ringrose, definitely. Uh, why not Carney? Because he's, is he injured? Uh, yeah, yeah, he's injured. He's, he's injured. Nasewa started at fullback. So oh, he played excellent as well. So I've moved Nasewa onto the wing uh-huh. to allow me to have Nasewa and Healy, who are the joint second top try scorer in the Pro 12, as my wingers. Wow. What about Fitzgerald? He's he's written down, and if I was going to have to. Uh, not have Henshaw out of position. I'd move Nasewa back to fullback, yeah. and then have Fitzgerald on the I wing. Think, so, when so, when you slice and dice that, Phil, where do you see the eight, the the crucial points that we're going to need to watch out for? Well, it's eight and seven, so it's a it's an even split in Connaught's favour in this lineup. Um, although, kind of crucially, nine is one A and one B. It could have been either of them, and eight, nine, ten are all Leinster. And I think that could. Mm. So you've got the decision the problem, makers and the controllers. Now the problem we have with these with this fifteen is uh, Connor play completely differently to anyone else. I mean, if you watch AJ McGinty, he's just there to execute the game plan. He's not there because he's a, a marvelous, a marvelous yeah. rib player in his own right. I mean, we'll we'll see him next year, so we'll see exactly how good he is then. But it's just the way they play. It's it's the skill set and how they work as an overall team. So it's very very hard to say. Uh, they've got eight players. They've got seven players. Yeah. Hence, this will be. This yeah. Will be no, but it does. It does highlight where the. Again, you you look at. You, you, it was a toss up with the nines, but it was a clear, clear, no questions asked at ten. Yeah. Um, yeah, but again, what's the ten been asked to do? I mean, Johnny Sexton is the show at show at well, it, well, exactly. It, it's all about him. Well, exactly. Whereas that's that. It, it isn't. You know, so it's not yeah. really a fair comparison. Yeah, I can see. I can see your point, and I I I do think I made this point last week, and I was proved wrong. But I think that Leinster's experience in a final like this, uh, in the knockout stages, they've got plenty of boys who've been there and done it on multiple occasions. Well, Glasgow had, had boys that did it last year. I know. And Glasgow are a very good team. But it, but it is different. So Pat Lamb sending his boys home. out to go to war. Connor yeah. at home, 
Travelling to Connacht is not the easiest place. Now they're both on a neutral ground. What, what, which ground is it? Edinburgh. Murrayfield, so... It's only a couple of hours on the train. Yeah, four. <laughs> four miserable hours on a slow train. Don't talk to me about trains, Jay. <laughs> After today, I <laughs> don't want to look at another train. Um, so I'm going for Leinster, but I would love, I would absolutely adore it. So we're going for way. Leinster Sarries, but... Uh, we'd, be, we'd be oh. delighted. Leinster Sarries, but we would be so happy if it was well, ex- Exeter Connacht. Here, yes. I have, I've not actually made, made my decision here, but... There has not been a single game this year outside the the Italian games where you've looked at a, a, a Connacht team sheet and looked at the opposition team sheet and thought, Connacht nailed on. It's almost like, oh, well, what's going to happen? Oh, they've won again. Brilliant. Yeah. And Glasgow is exactly the same thing. I thought Glasgow were, were going to take them to, take, take to pieces. It's knockout, knockout rugby. That's what happens. I think Leinster will win, but I'm going to pick Connacht because every time we we pick against them, that they win. They win. And my God, do I want them to win. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be actually invested in... in, in <laughs> In that game, well, what time is it? The game? I think it's gonna be later than the prem final. They tend to play at night, don't they? Yeah, they tend to play after. Let's have a quick, quick scan. Because we've got a problem because we're at a friend of the podcast, Bryn Williams's wedding. Selfish. Very so, having it on finals day. What was he thinking? It's bank holiday next, next weekend as well. So shall we? Well, he knew he's Monday? Welsh, and he knew there'd be no Welsh teams involved. Clearly, yeah. <laughs> no, we say it with Six Nations. Um, um, yeah, it's three o'clock kickoff for the uh, Aviva, five thirty for the Pro Twelve. And can I just say uh, to whoever's in charge of both or, both organisations, excellent scheduling this weekend. Yeah, it was. It was great. Nothing annoys me more when they try and compete for the three o'clock slot. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Although you will be disappointed to hear that uh, Connacht Leicester will clash with Southern Kings versus Los Jaguares. I will be oh, upset. I tell you what, I was really upset about is I thought Los Jaguares were going to be playing at, playing at night, so I settled in with uh, with a pizza at. Half nine on Saturday. No <laughs> Los Haguaras. To my horror, they played in the morning. Oh, what are they thinking? It is nice having a when they're playing in Argentina in Buenos Aires, a nice evening rugby game. Yeah, Saturday nice evening 10 rugby PM. game. Yeah. Outside yeah. of all like G- everyone else watching match of the day, we can watch the Los Haguaras. Exactly. Yeah. Outside of all RGC, I think I'm becoming a, a slowly becoming a Los Los Haguaras fan. I watch all their games. <laughs> I never miss one except for this weekend. Uh, so. And, and the other thing, just briefly to mention, Bristol will seal their Premiership spot on Wednesday night. Ooh. They've, they've got, they've got you said a, that two t- year, three years running now, Tim. <laughs> Tempt fate. No, <laughs> well, no, but they were behind to London Welsh after the first leg. They screwed it up at home, whereas they went away to Doncaster and and dominated. So they've got a, that was a good game. Actually. They've got a 13 point lead to take back home. That'll be. I would enough. like to see more rugby games played over two two legs. In fact, there's only. Is there any the I think I think the aggregate I don't like I don't like the aggregate no. score thing I don't, I don't like, like it. it I don't like it it's it feels it feels wrong I, don't, I just don't like it because mm. do they not do that in um, the Challenge Cup no not anymore the semis. Did, did they used to they they certainly don't anymore because it's now aligned with the uh, oh, is Champions it? Cup isn't it it's all rebranded but I don't actually know oh I like it I've got to if say they have in the past I mean it's good for business yeah it's good well, for, uh, I was disappointed that Doncaster couldn't fill that stadium. I mean, it's the most important game in Doncaster's history, and they had empty seats. I can remember playing against Doncaster in National League One. They're, they've, they're not a perennial kind of big, big, big club. No, they're quite a local side, and they've got Leeds up the road. And or yeah, it's, it's good. Yorkshire Carnegie, Yorkshire Carnegie, yeah. Yorkshire Carnegie. Doncaster were rightly annoyed. Doncaster Rotherham, yeah, very annoyed that Yorkshire Carnegie branded as the whole of Yorkshire. Yeah. Well, to be fair, it's a good rugby heartland, you know. So there'll be plenty of plenty of players to pick up should they go up. That's where, um, well, um, 
Rob Vickerman, who we met, is not too far from there. He's Beverly. So Keep your ears peeled on future podcasts for some Canterbury stuff. As you mentioned, Rob Vickerman did a great chat on the preview of the Olympic Sevens. Um, sevens Masterclass. Almost. Sevens Masterclass. So that and some other stuff coming up. Um, get yourself a Cornerstone Razor. Thank you for downloading. Thanks for listening. Subscribe, and then we'll get the next episode delivered straight to you. Find us in the meantime at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And um, good work, gents. Cheers, Tim. Thank you, Nice one, Philip. Nice one, JB. See you next time. Bye. Laters.